0: chapter eleven of a popular history of the art of music from the earliest times until the present by w s b matthews this librivox recording is in the public domain the didactic of music from the fifth century to the fourteenth part One there is very little in the roman writers upon music that is of interest macrobus an expert grammarian and encyclopedist living at rome at the end of the fourth or beginning of the fifth century wrote a commentary upon the song of scipio in which he quotes from pythagoras concerning the music of the spheres what hear i what is it which fills my ears with sounds so sweet and powerful it is the harmony which formed of unequal intervals but according to just proportion results from the impulse and movements of the spheres themselves and of which the sharp sound tempered by the grave sound produces continually varied concerts cicero de republica volume six commenting upon this passage macrobus says that pythagoras was the first of the greeks who divined that the planets and this sidereal universe must have harmonic properties such as scipio spoke of on account of their regular movements and proportions to each other we find in the writings of macrobus an advance upon the musical theories of ptolemy he shows that contrary to the doctrine of Aristoxenus, there is not a true half-tone that the relation eight to nine does not admit of being equally divided in place of the three symphonies of the octave fourth and fifth mentioned by his predecessors he makes five including the octave and the double octave such he says is the number of symphonies that we ought to be astonished that the human ear can comprehend them another of the roman writers upon music was martinus capella his work is called the nuptials of philologus and mercury de Nutiis philologie et mercurii the little upon music which the book contains was only an abridgment of the greek treatise of aristides quintilianus the most important of the early treatises upon music and by far the most famous is that of boethius as it is also the most systematic the following summary is from fetus history of music volume four born at rome between four seventy and four seventy five boethius made at home classical studies and went they say to athens itself where he studied philosophy with proclus he was of the age of about thirty-five when in five ten he was made president of the senate theodoric king of the ostrogoths called him to himself on account of his reputation for wisdom and virtue he confided to him an important position in the palace and entrusted to him many important diplomatic negotiations Boethius did nothing which was not to his credit but this made him only the more hostile to the interests of the courtiers he was therefore overthrown and cast into prison where he composed his consolations of philosophy he was put to death 524 or 526 end of quote boethius treatise on music is divided into five books it is a vast repertory of the knowledge of the ancients relative to this art its doctrine is pythagorean the first book is divided into thirty-four chapters in the first he develops the thought of aristotle that music is inherent in human nature he there renders the text of a decree which the ephori of sparta rendered against timotheus of miletus but which better critics have regarded as fictitious the second chapter establishes that there are three sorts of music the worldly which is universal harmony the human which has its source in the intelligence which reunites and coordinates the elements finally the third kind is artificial made by instruments of different sorts the chapters following treat of the voice as the source of music of consonances and their proportions of the division of the voice and its compass of the perception of sounds by the ear of the correspondence of the semitones of the division of the octave of tetrachords of the three genera enharmonic chromatic and diatonic of intervals of sounds compared to those of the stars of the musical and different faculties all the second book divided into thirty chapters is speculative and devotes itself to the different kinds and relations of intervals according to the different systems of theoreticians the third book in seven chapters is a continuation of the subject of the second it is particularly employed in refuting the errors of aristoxenus the fourth book in eighteen chapters is entirely relative to the practice of the art particularly to the notation it is in this book that boethius makes known the latin notation of the first fifteen letters of the alphabet without preparation without the slightest explanation and as if he had done something which any one concerned with music at rome would readily understand as a matter of course there is not one word to show that it was new or that he claimed the invention it was undoubtedly the usual notation the fifth book of this treatise has for its object the determination of intervals by the divisions of a monochord and a refutation of the systems of ptolemy and Archytas. we here find this proposition remarkable if we recall the time when the author lived that if the ear did not count the vibrations and did not seize the inequalities of movement of two sounds resonating by percussion the intelligence would not be able to render account of them by the science of numbers after boethius there is nothing in roman literature concerning music notwithstanding that italy fell under the dominion of the goths and lombards after four seven six it preserved greek traditions in music to the end of the sixth century cassiodorus who lived still in five sixty two aged almost a hundred years left a souvenir for music in the fifth chapter of his treatise on the discipline of letters and liberal arts de artibus ac disciplinis literarum he enumerates the fifteen modes of alypius as not having been abandoned and establishes them in their natural order calling them tones here also we find the classification of six kinds of symphonies about three hundred years after this enumeration first realized in notes by He gives a series of fourths and fifths, occasionally for two voices, occasionally with the octave added. These are the most important of all the things concerning music to be found in that part of Cassiodorus' book dedicated to music. In the 7th century, the first or perhaps the only author who wrote upon music was Bishop Isidore of Seville. His celebrated treatise on the etymologies or origins isidori hispaniensis episcopi etymologiarum libri vigenti divided into twenty books chapters fourteen to twenty-two of the third book relate to music these are the chapters published by the Abbe gerbert under the name of sentence de musique in the collection of ecclesiastical writers upon this art after a manuscript in the imperial library at vienna while many of these chapters contain nothing more than generalities and pseudo-historical anecdotes concerning the inventors of this art this is not the case with the nineteenth chapter the sixth in Gerbert's edition for here he speaks of the first division of music called harmony the definitions given by st isidore have a precision a clearness not found in other writers of the middle ages harmonic music says he is at the same time modulation of the voice and concordance of many simultaneous sounds. Symphony is the order established between concordant sounds, low and high, produced by the voice, the breath, or by percussion. Concordant sounds, the highest and the lowest, agree in such way that if one of them happens to dissonate, it offends the ear. The contrary is the case in diaphony, which is the union of dissonant sounds here we find st isidore employing the term diaphony in its original sense as a greek word meaning dissonance a sense exactly opposite to that of jean de Meury. the venerable bede was the light of the eighth century and the glory of the anglo-saxons his treatise upon music however deals in theories and generalities throwing no light upon the music of his day the elevation of his ideas may be seen in the following sentence with which he introduces his subject it is to be remarked that all art is contained in reason and so it is that music consists and develops itself in relations of numbers notandum est quod omnis ars in ratione continetur musica quoque in ratione numerorum consistit acque versatur only two treatises upon music have come down to us from the ninth century the first is by a monk named aurelian in the abbey of Reims or montier-saint-jean in the diocese of Lange, who appears to have lived about the year eight fifty his book called Musique disciplina in twenty chapters is a compilation of older anecdotes and theories throwing no light upon the actual condition of the art in his day the sole remaining work of this period was by remy of Auxerre, who had opened the course of theology and music at rheims in eighteen ninety three and afterwards at paris in the earlier years of the tenth century his book like the preceding is wholly devoted to the ideas of the ancients part two this brings us to the first writer on music during the middle ages whose work throws any important light upon the actual practice of the art in the period when it was written namely a monk of the convent of st armand in the diocese of tournay in french flanders gerbert gives two treatises upon music as having come down to us from this author nevertheless there is reason to doubt the genuineness of one of them whereof presently the first of these the so-called treatise from a manuscript in the library of the franciscan convent at strasbourg collated with another from cezanne bears this title Incipit Liber Ubaldi peritissimi musici de harmonica institutione the other is called Ubaldi monachi elonensis musica en or manual of music by the monk Ubald the former work is of little interest and if a genuine production of Hucbald's probably belongs as m fetis suggests to his earlier period when he was still teaching at rheims along with his former classmate remy of auxerre the manual of Hucbald's is not to be regarded as a complete treatise upon music it has three principal subjects namely the formation of a new system of notation the tonality of plain song and symphony or the singing of many voices at different intervals in other words harmony in treating the scale he divides it into tetrachords precisely according to the greek method as far as known to him and he nowhere appears to perceive the inapplicability of this division to the ecclesiastical modes for representing the sounds of the scale divided into four tetrachords hucbald proposed the greek letters which in effect would have been a notation of absolute pitch with the farther disadvantage of ignoring the harmonic principles of unity already discovered and in fact involved in his own method of enlarging a two-voice passage by adding a third at the interval of an octave with the lowest He recognizes six kinds of symphony in reality he employs only three the others being reduplications his symphonies are those of fourths fifths and octaves in all parts of his work but one he uses the term diaphony as synonymous with symphony there he gives its ancient meaning of dissonance he proposed a sort of staff notation upon which all the voices could be represented at once the following illustration represents his staff and his diaphony or harmony illustration of the polyphonic notation of the initial letters t and s at the beginning of the lines in the preceding staff indicate the place of the steps tones and half steps semitones deciphering of above listen Monsieur Fétis gives a two-voice parallelism in fifths which is progressively enlarged to three voices by adding an octave to the lower voice and then to four by doubling the original upper voice in the octave above thus listen in addition to mechanical progressions of parallel motion in this way huchbald in another place gives an account of a so-called roving organum in which while parallel progressions of fourths and fifths are still found there are also other intervals while the beginning and the end must be in unison this form of harmony of simultaneous sounds has in it much of the character of counterpoint especially in the restriction that the voices must begin and end in unison this roving organum or free organum was also known as profane or secular organum in contradistinction to the sacred organum already given upon the sweetness of which hucbald greatly prided himself Fétis has well said that hucbald must be considered as one of those superior spirits who impress upon their epoch a movement in an art or science besides this he merits particular mention in the history of music because his works are the first since those of boethius a period of four centuries in which the art of music is treated systematically and without obscurity in the epistola de harmonica institutione ad Rathbodum episcopum Trevinesem letter to rathbodum bishop of trevis there is mention of the instruments of music during the seventh and eighth centuries they are the sitara and harp as the stringed instruments Musettes, syrinx and organ among the wind instruments cymbals and drums instruments of percussion in the tenth century there was a methodical treatise upon music in dialogue form published by odon abbot of cluny who died in this monastery november eighteenth nine forty two this work which was wrongfully attributed to guido of arezzo contains a number of analyses of intervals showing an understanding of the exact dimensions of the various kinds of fourths fifths thirds and sixths according to his doctrine the intervals of the fourths fifths and octaves are more natural for the voice than the others called thirds and sixths because the former are invariable while the latter may be larger or smaller by a half step he makes a summary of ecclesiastical chant mentioning the modes as established by st gregory illustrating each of them by a selection from the plain song it is a fact significant of unsettled condition of musical theory and the complete unconsciousness of musical amateurs that any essential change in the art was being undergone that as late as one thousand or one thousand twenty edelbold bishop of utrecht published a treatise upon music in which the proportions of the tetrachords are calculated carefully according to the greek theories and demonstrated upon the monochord part three the most important writer upon music in the eleventh century and one of the most famous in the history of the art was a monk named guido living in arezzo in tuscany a benedictine in the abbey of pontose he was a remarkably skilful teacher of ecclesiastical singing both in his own monastery and at rome and in the effort to systematize the elements of music he introduced a number of important reforms and is credited by later writers with many others which he did not himself originate but which grew out of some of his suggestions he is generally credited with having invented the art of solmization the introduction of the staff the use of the hand for teaching intervals and the introduction of notes he was not the first to introduce the staff hucbald as we have already seen employed the spaces between the lines for designating pitch between his time and that of guido one or more lines were introduced in connection with the nume as will be more particularly illustrated in chapter fifteen guido however employed both the lines and the spaces but instead of notes he wrote the roman letters upon the lines and spaces according to their pitch the notes were invented shortly after his time for determining the correct pitch of the notes of the scale he explains the manner of demonstrating them upon the monochord he mentions organum and diaphony and remarks that he finds the succession of fifths and fourths very tiresome the last treatise in the thirteenth century was written by john cotton an english monk whose entire theory of music is made up from the greek works this summary of the didactic writers between boethius and franco at cologne fully confirms the justice of the remark in the chapter previous concerning the influence of the church upon music at the very time when a well-marked beginning was being made in counterpoint by the old french school at paris and when the english welsh and scandinavian musicians were in possession of an art of expressive melody resting upon a simple harmonic foundation these writers can find nothing to say but to repeat over and over again their tedious calculations concerning the intonations of nete ipate and the other aristoxenian notes in the enharmonic and chromatic genera which had been dead names in the art of music for more than ten centuries with the appearance of franco at cologne there is something new in music late in the twelfth century he wrote a treatise upon measured music the first one in all the history of the art so far as we know in which musical measure is treated independently of verse and a notation given for representing it he recognizes two kinds of measure triple or perfect and duple or imperfect he gives four kinds of notes the shortest being the brevis an oblong note having twice the value of the whole note a short stem affixed to this note doubled its value it was then called the longa a note head twice as long represented a still longer duration called the maxima or longest there was also a semi breve a diamond-shaped note which was used when two or more tones were sung to one syllable there were no bars for indicating the place of the strong pulse in the measure but a bar was used to show the end of the musical phrase belonging to a line of verse the notation was made still more uncertain by the license of the breve in triple time being equal to three semi breves and so in general each long note in triple measure being equal to three of the next class shorter in short the time notation was of the most crude and imperfect description but it was at least a beginning and all the theoretical writers upon music for the next two centuries rest in the precepts of franco of cologne as a sure stronghold where no false doctrine can find admission franco remarks concerning the dissonances that the imperfect dissonances the thirds and sixths go very well between two consonances showing that in his time the third and sixth were still regarded as licenses in harmony to be explained or excused the general principle that any dissonance is admissible when smoothly placed between two consonances is a fundamental law of modern counterpoint there was another franco whose work has often been confounded with that of the celebrated master at cologne franco of paris was connected with the sorbonne or with notre dame and his writing had mostly to do with harmonic music he classifies the consonances as complete the unison and octave the incomplete the major and the minor thirds the middle the fourth and fifth this is the first instance in musical theory where the third has been recognized as a consonance among the dissonances he classes the major and minor sixth as incomplete and says concerning these two only that immediately before a consonance any incomplete dissonance goes very well from the superior celebrity of the cologne franco the work of the parisian master was overlooked for many years and it is only through the investigation of kussmaker that His real standing and importance have been ascertained. End of chapter 11